Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Happy Friday. It's May 19th, 2023. Welcome into the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, Gabe Coon, on Twitter at G underscore Coon. 71, former Memphis Tigers offensive lineman. I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That's Connor Dunning on Twitter at CDunning929. Connor, how we doing? I'm doing great. Good to hear. Good to hear. I am, uh, I'm obvious I have recovered, but I stayed up last night for the uh, sixth longest game in NHL history. Hurricanes, Panthers. My guy Matt Kachuk, shout out Chaminade High School in St. Louis, Missouri, gets the, gets the winner. I did get this. Placed a pregame wager, money line, on the Florida Panthers and watched. Obviously, I skipped out on, like, the, the the second period. But I watched first period and then from the third period on. Started at 7, ended around 12.45. But I ended up getting my win. <laughs> so there is sad. So, hey, it's a good Friday. It's a good Friday. We have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 ESPN. And yours truly, we're going to talk about. Western Conference Finals Game 2. Should the Lakers still feel good about their situation despite being down 0-2? I was told after Game 1 they should feel great. I'll I'll address that in just a moment. We'll talk Eastern Conference Finals. Game 2 will be on the way tonight. More John news. Lil Wayne, Dwayne Carter had actually, and, and you know, for, for the millennial generation, I think a lot of people latch on to what he has to say. He had actually a really relatively enlightening thing to say about John, where he comes from, and all of the assumptions made about Ja throughout the entire process of him being in trouble with the NBA. We still have a suspension we're waiting on. But he he had a very, very interesting quote that he made with Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson on their podcast that I, I really want to get to at some point throughout the show. As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins, 5 o'clock from the Jeff Calkins Show and the Daily Memphian, 6 o'clock. We're going to get you some uh, Preakness bets. We're going to get you some uh, NBA conference finals bets. We're going to get you everything with Alan Bell 
at 6 o'clock, CBS Sportsline and CBS Sports Digital. He is the executive producer of their betting and gambling show on CBS, The Early Edge. Um, also, Tigers have a kicker. Did you see that? We talked with Jeff about that yesterday. I Tigers, did see. I Tigers did see. have a kicker. That's good. It's good news. Always I'll good. T- I'll tell you who it is. I'll tell you his history. Um, and I'll discuss that around 5.30 as well as uh, I talked about this yesterday, UConn to the Big 12. Apparently, Brett Yormark has been on campus at UConn. So, wheels may be spinning. And I still find it just as ridiculous. But we'll, we'll pop into that. I do have to start the show on a little bit of somber news. Jim Brown, I, I just legendary figure in football. Legendary. NFL champion, three-time most valuable player. He was the rookie of the year, eight-time first-team All-Pro. He was a second-team All-Pro. He was nine-time Pro Bowler, rushing yards leader eight different times, uh, a rushing touchdown leader five different times. I uh, was on the all-decade team. He was voted college football 150's greatest college football player of all time in 2020. He's passed away at the age of 87. And I, I saw Bomani Jones put this out there. Um, you know, there's, there's been trials and tribulations throughout Jim Brown's storied career on and off the field. Um, but he was a great activist. He was a great football player. Um, and Bomani Jones basically said, it's don't put out a tweet, don't put out a blurb about Jim Brown and his legacy. I, I don't think you can really encompass who he was as a person, who he was as a player, the misgivings, the good deeds, everything else. You can't do that in a tweet. You can't do that in a blurb. And I, I, I completely agree with Bomani, but absolutely rest in peace to Jim Brown today, 87 years old. He passes away. We're we're gonna be we're gonna be missing a good one. Absolutely. I mean, he's all time legend on and off the field, like you talked about. Also, one of the best B movie actors of all time. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah. Incredible actor, actor. What do you think about his 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 acting back in the day? Fantastic. Why not? I mean, they're fun watches. Yeah, we we have gotten away in a lot of ways, and I think there's some guys that that still can make it happen. But the the celebrity. Sports star actor is sort of a thing of the past in a lot of ways, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Mostly. LeBron, Space Jam 2, didn't do it for me. Just didn't. Uh, Space Jam 2 is not a very good no, movie. No, it's good. Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards can really get something going. In Hustle. He was In he Hustle, was he was great with Adam Sandler, but uh, we've gotten away from Braum was okay in Trainwreck, yeah. but that was a while ago. Yeah. We'll see if somebody can stop. I think Anthony Edwards could probably play other other roles. Yeah. I don't know if he's a lead guy, but he was damn good in, in Hustle with, with Adam Sandler. But I mean, he was Steven good, Adams but is kind great of funny. as Aquaman. <laughs> Very good You're in right. Dune. It, um, what was I going to say? The, uh, Anthony Edwards, though, he was basically playing himself in Hustle, wasn't he? Yes. He, he was playing himself, trash-talking number one overall pick. Yeah, it's, it's who he is. It's who he is. Now, uh, last night, Nuggets take a 2-0 lead, win 108-103. Behind a fourth quarter that that featured seven threes and from the Nuggets and twenty three points from Jamal Murray and I I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask this question again should the uh, Lakers feel good about where they're at down 0-2 after game one that's all I heard that's all anyone could say oh they cut it to three in the fourth quarter even though the Nuggets shot fifteen for thirty two no one's competed against the Nuggets like that. In Ball Arena in Denver. No one's been able to do that in that in that fashion. Now they're down 0-2. Should they still feel good? Hell no, they shouldn't. Absolutely not. 
In the end of the day, the 01 deficit was enough. 02 going back to the crypt. Can they get it to 2 2? Sure. Yeah. I, I, I don't doubt that. They haven't lost at home, neither of the Nuggets. But at the same time, all of these thoughts about Rui on Jokic and, oh, those six possessions, they mean the world. The Lakers figured something out. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. In the end of the day, Jokic, he was 23, 17, and 12 last night, had another triple-double. You, you cannot just simply look at six possessions in a playoff series, in, in one game, in one quarter, and tried to say that the the series itself will hinge on that. It's it's insane to think about that. Now I will I will I first couple thoughts as the game started. Rui Achimura is he's been phenomenal, man. He's been great. And with that, I can't help but think the Wizards completely bailed out the Lakers. Right? Trading Kendrick Nunn and second rounders, I think it was three second rounders for Rui, that's a bailout. I don't care. Like, second rounders don't mean anything. I don't want anyone to say, well, the value ended up. No, it did not get matched. Rui's a better player than Kendrick Nunn, and those second rounders mean nothing to the Lakers. They, they bailed him out. Also, looking back at the Grizzlies' plan in game one to sort of let Rui cook, hindsight 2020, probably not the best thing they could have done in that situation. He had 21 last night. He started the game 6-for-6 six six from the field. He ended 8-for-10. He's shooting the three ball well. He's been great, but ultimately the Lakers lose because AD was 4 for 15 offensively. LeBron is 0 for 10 from 3 in this series. D'Angelo Russell is, okay, offensively, you look at his numbers, he had 10 points, 3 for 8, 1 for 5 from 3. They're not great, but his, his defensive presence, was, it's just, he is unplayable right now, and I don't know what that means. Like, do you give Lonnie Walker some time? I'll talk about that in a second. Do you give... Dennis Schroeder more time, even though he was bad on the offensive end, but he tries on the defensive end at the very least. Uh, you, you know, what do you do with that? But I, I, all that being said, I see an insane amount of people talking about, and I shouldn't be surprised by this, but every, every year seemingly that we get into a situation where LeBron is deep in a playoff run, we get people blaming losses on him as if he was the main culprit for why the Lakers lost last night. He's taking far too much heat for what he did last night. Yeah, he had three bunnies and a dunk that he that he slipped out of his hands. He had some issues there. He hadn't hit a three. But if we're trying to blame last night's misgivings on LeBron, you're insane. Like, when we get to these conversations about where LeBron is in his career and has he fallen off, of course he has. He's 38 years old. When you look throughout the history of NBA basketball, though, he is the best 38-year-old basketball player the NBA has ever seen. I've seen a lot of comparisons made this week, and I, and I think they're pretty apt to bring up. LeBron so far in the playoffs is a 24-point score, 10, 10 rebounds a game, and 6 assists. You know who that sort of mimics to a certain extent? And, and by the way, 50% from the field. You know who that mimics? He plays for the Celtics, Jalen Brown. 23 points per game, 6 rebounds, 3 assists. He actually does better in the rebound and assist category at 53% shooting. At 38 years old, LeBron is Jalen Brown in the playoffs. Like, think about that! 
Yet we we come here every day and we consistently like when when the Lakers fall off and LeBron may not have his best shooting night in the world. He was still nine for nineteen from the field, which I I don't think's all that much to sneeze at. Only had three turnovers, had four steals, two blocks. When we look at what LeBron was able to do last night, yeah, it wasn't his best game, but the amount of people putting the onus completely on him is ridiculous, and it always comes back to me. The standard that this guy gets held to, even at 38 years old in year 20, get a grip. It's insane what we, what we do to try to tear this guy down. And all this said, I don't think he necessarily helped the Lakers case all that much last night with some of the issues he had, shooting and and some of the bunnies he blew. But also, at the same time, you have everybody else on that floor outside of Austin Reeves and Rui Achimura laying eggs. Anthony Davis was 4 for 15 from the field. Jared Vanderbilt gives you nothing on the offensive end. D'Angelo Russell was awful on both ends. Dennis Schroeder couldn't do anything offensively. I I get tired of the constant pressure and pointing at LeBron James when in the end of the day, if we're talking about a 38-year-old in the Western Conference Finals and his team loses and he had 22-9-10, four steals and two blocks, if Anthony Davis would have had that same stat line last night and let's say you switch the roles, Anthony Davis and LeBron James, LeBron James would have gotten killed, and they would have talked about Anthony Davis being the only reason the Lakers were able to compete in that game. I just find it tiring. And I know, Connor, you probably do too. I'm exhausted by every <laughs> LeBron exhausted. conversation ever. I've been, I've been way over the, the GOAT conversations and all that for a long time. It's, it's silly because having to reevaluate his legacy after every single game, it's like, what are we doing here? I think the biggest thing that bothers me about last night is, one, the Nuggets won that game. I don't like yes. that people are saying that the Lakers gave it away or they lost it, they blew it, da 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 No, the, the Nuggets won that game. The Nuggets won. The Nuggets are a very good basketball team. Nikola Jokic might be the best player in the world. They, start, they deserve respect. Put some respect on their name. Jamal Murray had an amazing fourth quarter, but he had that fourth quarter because the Nuggets figured out the Lakers' defense, and they were throwing him open. They were running plays for him. It was brilliant. They were using Jokic as, like, as a decoy, which is crazy to think about. But all of that being said, too, like LeBron played maybe the best defensive game he's had all playoffs last night, and people were just acting like that didn't happen. Yep. And that is, to me, a result of people not watching these games. Then they go on national television, and they talk about them, and they have no idea what they're talking about, and it drives me insane. The narratives today have been crazy. Why are, show, why are we leading shows with what does this mean about LeBron's legacy? <laughs> the Nuggets are up 2-0. Talk about the again, Nuggets. Talk about what the Nuggets again. did. And, and Michael Malone has a good point when he brings up all that. I, 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 hopefully we can get some sound here in a second. But I, I look at AD, bad offensive player last night. I look at Dennis Schroeder, terrible uh, terrible offensively, decent. He worked defensively. But D- D'Angelo Russell, who they brought in to be a lead guard, to facilitate things, to make things happen, he's minus 41 in two games, 12% from three. And we're blaming LeBron James. I, I Come on. Be real with yourself every once in a while. It's just, it's, it's so tiring, it's exhausting. And I thought last night, um, changing subjects here, the Lakers did a decent job on, on Nikola Jokic. I thought they did a, a, a decent job, but still 23-17 and 12. I, I think at this point you just throw as many looks, different looks at him as you can. Um, doubling him up does not work. Singling him does not work. Blitzing him 
does not work. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Making him give up the ball does not work. My opinion at this point with, with, with Jokic, if you're, if you're the Lakers, you're coming back home. Yeah, obviously, I think some of your role players will start, to, will start to step up, but your best plan, switch looks throughout the game and compete and rebound. That's it. You, I mean, you can't, there's nothing special to it. You just got to try to keep him off balance and then rebound and end possessions. When he gets some of those offensive boards, it's insane. If you double, he finds his teammates. If you single, he shoots about 65% at the rim on his baby hook and in, in, in getting there. If, if you front him and deny the ball – He's in good spots for offensive rebounds, and he extends possessions. He's, he's, he's truly, and it's funny to think about a guy that's seven foot, 280 pounds, and maybe not the most athletic guy in the world, doesn't run the floor all that well. He's truly unguardable. There's nothing you can do. The best you can do is the best you can do. Just throw whatever you can at him. If you need to blitz him one possession, blitz him one possession. If you think you could single cover him and use AD as a roamer, do that. If AD at the end of games needs to get on him, do that. You just need to try to confuse him and try to keep him off balance because it, he is who he is. He's an MVP. It's, it's very simple. It's very simple. Also, we were talking about overreactions yesterday. and I, I, After game one, I, I brought it up. Should the Lakers still feel good about an 0-2, match, a, a 0-2 deficit as opposed to the 0-1 where everybody said they should feel good about it? Another reason not to overreact and overcorrect your, your post-game one takes, post-game two takes. This is per Mark Spears in ESPN uh, uh, Stats and Info. NBA teams have a 6-56 and 56 series record all-time when trailing a conference finals 2-0. Two of the six series wins were by LeBron James in 07 in, in 2018. It could very well be 2-2. Lakers are still in this series. You just have to let it play out. You cannot have these overarching takes. You can't say, oh, this, this team has the edge, this team has the edge based on six possessions, based on one quarter, based on even a game. Let the thing play out. This is a good series. Let's let it be a good series. Now, Michael Malone, I love all this. Michael Malone and the Nuggets are talking spicy, man. They're talking spicy. This was Michael Malone after the game when he was sort of talking about the hypocrisy of the Nuggets being up 1-0 yet all the focus was on the Lakers having figured out the series. A lot of our guys, to be honest, they may not admit this or not, you know, uh, you win game one of the playoffs, and all everybody talked about was the Lakers. Let's be honest, that was a national narrative was, hey, the Lakers are fine. They're down 1-0, but they figured something out. No one talked about Nikola just had a historic performance. He's got 13 triple-doubles now, third all-time. 
What he's doing is just incredible, but the narrative wasn't about the Nuggets. The narrative wasn't about Nicola. The narrative is about the Lakers and their adjustments. So, you know, you put that in your pipe, you smoke it, and you come back, and you know what? We're going to go up 2-0. Yeah, the trash being talked toward the Lakers in this, in this playoff run has been phenomenal. Now, it's usually worked against the, uh, the opposition, but hey. I, I, I like Michael Malone Stone. He's, he's sticking up for his team, and he has all every right to. He's up 2-0. The Nuggets have played really well at home, and, and they have put all of the stupid, should the Lakers feel good narratives to bed, like me and Connor did yesterday right here on these airwaves. I, I, I respect it. I, I think it's good for the game when people talk like this in pressers. It, it adds more intrigue. It adds more uh, to, to the, the storyline of the series. I don't even think he was necessarily talking to the Lakers either. It really sounded to me like he was talking, talking to the people na- making national narratives. media. Yeah, the, yeah. And I, it was fantastic. The, the New York came out of out of uh, Malone during that comment. It was fantastic. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. But no, to your point, man. Like, you know, basketball is a really complicated sport. But at the end of the day, sometimes it's simple. The Lakers had three guys show up on offense last night, <laughs> and then they ran out of gas in the fourth quarter. LeBron in the fourth quarter this postseason has not been LeBron. You know, and when you're trying to rely on a 38-year-old in high altitude, by the way, <laughs> the, in the, the fourth damn quarter, al- you in the altitude, it has yet to fail me. <laughs> they haven't lost a game at home it's yet. It's true. I'll give you and that. we've seen teams run out of gas. You can't lean on a 38-year-old to get it done in high altitude when he's playing the best defensive game. He played 40 minutes last night. AD didn't show up. Jared Vanderbilt didn't show up. D'Angelo Russell was a traffic cone. That's why they lost the game last night. Yeah, and the Nuggets. Stayed consistent. They stayed consistent. They stayed with their game plan. They knew that it was going to work, and they just grinded them down eventually. And like you said, Jokic is going to make things happen. It's it's weird because I feel like when people watch Jokic, they're like, this is unbelievable. But he never gets enough credit for his basketball IQ. He's always ahead of the defense. He's very much like LeBron in that case. He always knows the right play to make, and he always makes it correct. Like It's Jamal Murray. He was throwing him open. He was throwing well, him open so many times. Uh, uh, the only thing I'll push back on is I think in the fourth quarter, seven threes got knocked down, and Michael Porter Jr. had an open look. Bruce Brown had an open look to start the fourth quarter. But I think it was five threes that Jamal Murray hit. I almost feel like you just have to tip your cap if you're the Lakers to some of those. Step back on AD. Um, he was just knocking down contested shots. Most of them were contested. Jamal Murray was great in that fourth quarter, and he was not good leading up to that. He no, was he not was like, a good player. He was like what? Like he shot terribly until he the was fourth bad. quarter. He was but bad. they stuck to the game plan. They knew it was going to work eventually. And I think the Nuggets just don't panic. They're such a good basketball team. They are. They're they're well put together. And also, uh, sidebar: Is Bruce Brown not the guy? Like he's the guy in gym he plays basketball like he's the guy in gym class that goes way too hard all the time yes very like he, much so. he plays basketball like a gym class hero and I love it I love it he, he has an edge that he brings off the bench another another double digit uh scoring game for him 12 points and this was a guy that I feel like a lot of people were convinced wasn't a good basketball player it like was such a good pickup it was a great under seven million a year for Bruce Brown and he's giving you he gave you 37 minutes last night, 12 points. What well, didn't turn the ball over defensively? He's a hound on the perimeter. He's knocking down three-point shots. He I mean, made D'Angelo Russell's life hell. Yes, and and like also like there's there's the, the scrapping and clawing from him, like getting on the ground, going and grabbing uh, loose balls, and and doing whatever he can. He brings an edge to that team that I I think they 
really hit on this offseason. I was a doubter of that move. I was a doubter of, okay, is Bruce Brown really going to make the difference and get them over the hump in the Western Conference? It feels like he is that type of guy. Yeah, and you know, KCP wasn't bad last night, but he got in foul trouble early, and he kind of had it on the offensive end, but wasn't great defensively, so Malone went with Brown, and he said, okay, let's let's throw Brown in there, and let's give him an extended run, and it worked. Having those two guys be able to come in if one guy isn't necessarily on 100% on a night is so valuable for the Nuggets. I just think that they're such a well-constructed team. They never panic. They run through Jokic, and everybody is just ready for their moment every single time. Jamal Murray, he plays with a level of confidence, even when he's not shooting well, that you just know that it's eventually going to turn that corner and he's going to come up in a big moment. And I really did think that Michael Porter, Porter Jr. had a very, very good game last night. Like 16-7-7, was, or 16-7-3 is exactly what they needed from him. Exactly. He played good defense on uh, Anthony Davis and the moments that he got there. I just feel here's, like that they're not making Jokic work. Here's what you'll see, though, with Michael Porter Jr. as, as this transitions to L.A. That, uh, what was he from three last night, four for seven? That turns to two for seven or one for seven. That's just usually what is sure. sort of him. But I do think they have enough guys that they can they can take their shooting on the road. Contavious Caldwell-Pope's been in these situations. Uh, Nikola Jokic keeps talking about, I mean, he gets asked the question every damn postgame about Contavious Caldwell-Pope, but... He, he always says he's a champion, he's been around, he, he doesn't get affected by anything going on on the outside. Aaron Gordon, I think, can, can take some of his stuff on the road. Bruce Brown has the edge to take his stuff on the road. I like this Nuggets team. I picked them in seven. I think it may get, get over earlier than that, but we'll see how the Lakers respond at home. That's, that's what you have to see. Can D'Angelo Russell be playable is my probably, like, more than anything else, that's probably my biggest question. They need that offense. If they don't have it, I just I get, getting into a getting into a game with the Nuggets and how efficient they can be on the offensive end, half court running, doing all they do. That's that's that that's a recipe for disaster. And um, I Austin Reeves and Rui have been great, but I don't know about the consistency game. Rui's been great, I guess too, but the consistency game to game, I get a little question. I have a couple questions about, and then AD. We've had this conversation earlier in the. Earlier in the playoffs, game on, game off, game on, game off. Last night was a game off after having 40 and 10. You just you sort of know that game to game, he can disappear. Last night was a disappearing at 4 for 15. 4 for 15. But uh, ultimately, should the Lakers still feel good? No, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. Now let's go ahead and get to a break. When we come back from the break, Eastern Conference Finals, game two is on the way. We'll break that down. We'll preview it, and uh, we'll have more. With the Gabe Kuhn Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM, ESPN. Feel as they're appointed duty. They keep trying to tell me he I got to say, last night I had a really cool, fun experience. I was uh, down in Whitehaven. I was uh, working with Memphis Little League, and uh, a really good friend, Carrie Cobb, uh, runs Memphis Little League, tries to get uh, kids in the, in the city involved in baseball growing up. And I, I learned a lot of stuff. I mean, growing up through T-ball, coach pitch, pitching machine, off into, off into high school when I was playing as well through baseball. And it was cool to see people that, that, that care, 
genuinely about trying to get young kids involved in in baseball and in sports. I was flipping burgers and everything. Got some, got some hot dogs, some smoked sausages there on the grill for everybody. But it, it was cool to get down there in Whitehaven and see what's going on. Go, I, I, and obviously this is this is complete free plug here. But I just I, I have to put it out there. They need. Uh, support. They need people to come help out. But MemphisLittleLeague.com, go check out what they're doing. Kerry Cobb does a great job. Former Tiger, by the way. Blocking tight end, Mr. 22 personnel. Get him get him on that goal line. He was a blocking tight end at about 260 in his in his college days at the University of Memphis. Go to MemphisLittleLeague.com and, and check that out because it, it, it was really a cool experience, and, and they, need, they need help. They need hands on deck, and if people can uh, offer some of their time like I did last night, that, that's certainly something – that, that they would fully appreciate. Now, we have Eastern Conference Finals. Game two tonight. And uh, I, I think a lot less has been made about this series than the Western Conference Series because we're talking about the Lakers being involved. Um, but the Celtics being down 1-0, I can't really fathom how this is really a discussion point that, we, that, that, that we're having. The Celtics, from a talent perspective, are the most talented team left in these playoffs. I, I, I can say that, and I, I feel very confident in saying that. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, probably the best wing pairing left in, in, the, uh, in the NBA playoffs, in these conference finals. Both uh, all-NBA all performers. Al Horford, who's been around forever. Robert Williams, really good paint protector. Marcus Smart, who's Defensive Player of the Year last year. Derek White, Malcolm Brogdon, guys they brought in to handle the ball and have been really good guards elsewhere with the Spurs, with the Pacers, Malcolm Brogdon uh, with the Pacers, and then with the Spurs, Derek White. But yet they're down 1-0 because of nothing other to me, Connor, than just an edge and intensity about them. They have to get punched in the face before they make a move. And I, I, I expect them to respond tonight that the line is massive. But it's insane to think the Celtics, with what people would try to term as youth, it's not that anymore. 24-year-old Jason Tatum, 26-year-old Jalen Brown, they have to move in the right direction. They, they just consistently have, have lacked intensity in games, and they have to get hit in the mouth before they respond. It's, it's, it's a frustrating thing, and we talked about it yesterday. Yeah, you hope tonight that they come out and they play in the first quarter like they've had to in the second halves recently. It's just been it's been so interesting. It's it's been almost comparable to AD's playoffs in a weird way, but almost as an entire team. Like one game will be on, one game will be off, one game will be on, one game will be off. And like you said, it just feels like that they don't I guess I don't care is not the right word, but like they just they're just not as locked in until they absolutely have to be. And it's like until the the final moment that they have a chance, all of a sudden they wake up. And, you know, you just wish that that wasn't what it was because the Heat are the type of team where they're going to come out. And they've they seen are, death, man. They have, they've, uh, they've seen they've right? stared death in yes. the eyes and said, no, thank you. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They walk through the valley of the shadow of death and they fear no evil. That's that's what the Heat are right now. Death fears the Heat. It is, it is a team with substantially more talent in the Celtics with a lack of edge versus a team with – just about, I mean, the island of misfit toys, as you put it yesterday, and just all edge. I, I love, I like this matchup for that, but it's just, it is, it, it continues to be frustrating to see Jason Tatum fall short in certain situations and not having a shot in the fourth quarter the other night. I think they'll change it around. I, I, I think it's potential for a cover tonight. It's nine and a half, by the way. It's, it's a big number. Um, and I'm sure you'll have your pick later as we get to big game tonight, but. 
I, I, I expect them to still win this series, but it, I do too. They they just leave so much up to chance. They leave so much up to chance, and it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's just when you're playing a team like the Heat, you cannot take a moment off because they're not inevitable, but they're unrelenting. Yes, they're not going to stop running directly at you. Yes. Uh, did you hear? Did you hear Eric Spolstra talking about the plan? Yeah, he called it the best thing that's happened to the NBA. I do know the play-in helped. He said these are for less te- – there are less teams tanking. Everyone was fighting for it those last two months. Every game was must-see TV, and that was in both conferences. So I think for the league, that's probably the best thing that's happened in the last decade. I I mean, we're getting a case study as to why the play-in matters. I like the play-in. We're getting a case study as to why these teams should still be considered. You never know when one of them's going to hit stride and, and, and show you what they can do, when their superstars are going to wake up like Jimmy Butler has here in the playoffs. You have no idea. I, I, all, there's a lot of naysayers. There's a lot of people that, that have really disrespected the plan. I think LeBron, you know, is kind of at the front. He's the face of it. Um, but at the end of the day, the plan has, has created a more competitive end-of-the-year situation, and, and you see it right now with the Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals with a lead on a team that theoretically they shouldn't have a lead on. Do you buy the people that complain that the play-in give teams like a run-in to the playoffs? Because I'm not sure if I buy that. I no, think that this I, is the first well, year that we've really seen an Well, what about the Hawks? You know? Yeah. What about the Hawks? They, they got splattered. I just don't really buy that. In the first round. No, yeah. I, I guess you, you talk rest versus rust and like a team – Having a, a a couple games under their belt to be able to you know they they've played more basketball than the team they're about to go play who's in a protected one or two seed, but at the same time I it's the playoffs you're ready it's a playoffs. no matter what be ready if it's a one or a two seed you should you should still be able to splatter and do what you need to do sweep five game series whatever it is and we didn't see that this year the Heat absolutely dismantled the Bucks limb from limb and I I have appreciated the entire time but I think a lot of people have. Had their had their issues with it, and even when it was announced, I th- I thought it was a good idea for the league. I thought it was a good idea. The for games the have been fun. The actual play-in games have been great. We've seen it with the Grizzlies too. Yeah, Grizzlies, Grizzlies were able to hop up over top of the Warriors and get into the playoffs when they probably shouldn't have been that. Yeah, year. when they like wouldn't to have forget been that, normally. don't they? When they talk about the Warriors' playoff success, <laughs> the play-in doesn't count. Why? <laughs> it did. Yeah, why do- the playoffs? Why doesn't it? Why doesn't it? Now, um. On the, on the Grizzlies front, there's been a lot made of John Morant. We, we get that. And uh, we know what happened on Sunday. I don't have to keep rehashing him, flashing gun on Instagram Live. But the, a lot of people have spoke up on it. I don't think there's a lot of people that have left a, 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 a take untweeted or a take unsaid when they're on their various podcasts. We've, we've said a lot about it. There's been a lot of speculation back and forth. But what are, what are the voices? <laughs> what are the voices of the generation, man? And I know a lot of people will – uh, shoot this down, especially that are older. But if you're a millennial like me and Connor, you, you know what, what Lil Wayne and, and some of the knowledge he can drop. But he was on with, uh, with Matt Barnes and with Steven Jackson on their podcast, and he said some interesting things. I thought they were relatively enlightening considering the situation that's upon us. And we'll play that on the other side. I want to break it down. I really want to break it down right here on the Gabe Kuncho 92.9 FM. Yeah. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Hey, 
If you're a whiskey sipper, whiskey lover like me, I have a perfect drink for you this weekend while you watch the NBA playoffs, while you watch the Preakness, the PGA Championship. That would be Old Dominic Tennessee Whiskey, made right here in the heart of downtown Memphis. It is the first whiskey to be distilled, barreled, aged, and bottled in Memphis since Prohibition. So take off that Tennessee whiskey moniker. It is Memphis whiskey. We need to be local with it, but also the flavor is great. That's one thing I really have to get out there for you. They have the bottled and bond. They have the regular. But it is made with maple sugar charcoal distilling, so it's great for sipping. You can have it neat. You can have it on the rocks. You can mix a little water in it. You can mix it with ginger ale. Whatever you want to do with that whiskey, it is good for sipping. It's available now just about everywhere around the area in Memphis, uh, some places in Arkansas and Mississippi. We're, we're, we're starting to spread out with that Memphis whiskey, but look for that whiskey and all their great products at Old Dominic at your favorite retailers or ask for it by name. It's your favorite locally owned restaurant. And I have to suggest getting down to the distillery, whether you're having a drink at the bar, whether you're just stopping in on a night out to end your night, um, if you want a tour and tasting, if you're, if you're trying to plan a special event, Old Dominic can handle that for you. And I I know a lot of people have been down there for weddings and wedding receptions. They have a beautiful rooftop. Lights overhanging, various places to sit. Their rooftop is just gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So if you're having a wedding, wedding reception, birthday party, going away party, go to olddominic.com to check out what they have available during the week on the weekends. They fill up relatively fast there but also old dominic is the official spirit of the memphis grizzlies look for their new tennessee whiskey all their other products in fedex form two different bar locations whether you're at a concert seeing a comedian going there for a game they will have two bar locations that you can enjoy their cocktails at go to olddominic.com for a tour to book a tour and tasting check out their event schedule and everything else old dominic distillery come say hi now i saw a story and a tweet yesterday and i i got a kick out of this and i and i ended up tweeting it out yesterday uh with a very uh smart ass response but the, the the headline was brett Favre says america was in a quote better place when donald trump was president next you're gonna tell me the the, the sky's blue when it when it comes to what brett Favre actually thinks of course what do we, what do we think he was a do we think he, he was a biden voter dude what do we think about brett Favre? What do I think about Brett Favre? Well, no, no, no. What, what oh. do we think Brett Favre? Who do we think Brett what, what did we think Brett Favre thought about the president, the former president, and the president of the United States now? I mean, what? It's why, like is that, it, uh, why is this a story that's, like, written? It's one of my favorite Bill Burr jokes. It's when he talks about, like, we need to stop asking obvious questions to, like, older people. Because it's like, <laughs> what did you think they thought? Exactly, <laughs> like, right. Like, right. It's like, it was about, like, when the Duck Dynasty guy was just, he said some horrific stuff. About LGBTQ people, yeah. and Bill Burr was like, "What did you think he thought? <laughs> it doesn't he make lives it any in better. a swamp. It does not make it any better. Don't get it <laughs> twisted. But what did you think that Brett Favre thought about Donald Trump? My God, good Lord! But that Bill Burr, that Bill Burr stand up is it's incredible. It's, it's the, it's it's the black and white one. It's amazing. Yes, yes. And he was talking. And I, I, I don't really want to bring this up, but I'm going to bring it up. He talked about Donald Sterling and that whole situation. He did. <laughs> yeah. And it was it was part of that same punchline, but it doesn't make it any better. Ironically, but, he talks about just don't be on Instagram, which yes, you know, yeah. hey, oh yeah, well, good transition. Thank you, thank you, Connor Dunning. Thank you. This is why I need. This is why I need Connor. 
That's why I need Gunner. Now, um, John Morant, a lot has been said about him all week. And now Lil Wayne, Dwayne Carter. Dwayne Carter spoke up on him. And I, I actually, like, people will, will shoot it down and, and say, well, do we really care what Lil Wayne thinks on this situation? I think that he shed some pretty good light. He was with Steven Jackson and with Matt Barnes on their podcast. Uh, we have some expletives we had to bleep out. But this is this is what he had to say on the John Morant situation. Yeah. I like don't fall into that trap that these people doing on TV, saying cause he ain't no thug, cause he ain't in the street, he ain't about that, he ain't no gang. You do, you don't want that. How y'all know you don't want? Y'all know that boy? Do y'all know that boy? Cause I don't. I know him from dunking and jumping, and I only started knowing him when I started paying attention to him around his last year, last year of college. I, all the, I, he come from like a town of three thousand people. Like what? What y'all expect? Y'all what? You gave a, I mean, y'all gave him two hundred million dollars. I just said a town with three thousand people. You expect him to be responsible? Now we tripping then. Mm. Yeah, now we tripping. Yeah, we expect him to be. A, that's that's magic. Cause I could tell you, you know, I come from a real well raised, beautiful mother, nice. You know what I mean? My mama bust her ass to make sure everything around me was nice, and I still was a knucklehead. I shot myself. Know what I mean? So. It's, so if you expecting and that young man from a three, I could imagine if I played with three thousand people and yet and I became who I am, boy. Yeah, I they, think that was. Oh, go ahead. They had social media when I was twenty three. I wouldn't have made it. Well, I think. Oh I, yeah, thank God. And if you read through what he's saying, he's. I, I don't know if there's a dis, full dismissal. There's a little bit of a dismissal of what Ja has done here. But at the same time, he's he's making the point that needs to be made. Yeah. At the same time, he made an idiotic mistake. He still deserves grace in the end of the day. I, I, I think when you look at John Morant and his career trajectory, and I've made this point on multiple occasions, there's a lot of assumptions being made about his family life, his friend life, and everything else, and that's fair. And maybe his family and friends need to be better behind the scenes. I would almost certainly say they need to be better behind the scenes. But John Morant, in the end of the day, is a 23-year-old who is a two-star recruit going to Murray State, he spent two years there. He didn't really have that high uh, sort of basketball view of him. People, He wasn't in the front pages like his buddy Zion Williamson was. He wasn't consistently out in the media and people putting his name out when he was growing up. So when he got to the Grizzlies, this was his first experience with real fame and real money. And he comes from a, a, a town in South Carolina, Dalzell, South Carolina, with 3,000 people in it. The growing pains, we should have assumed. I think that's what Lil Wayne's getting at. I think that's what Dwayne Carter's getting at. Is You should have expected some growing pains. Now, John needs to change these things, act better, move better, play the game. But at the same time, I think the point that is being made here is that when you have someone that doesn't come from a whole lot, comes from humble beginnings, when they get that first taste, they start to act a little bit different, and they have to learn how to move with that newfound wealth, with that newfound uh, persona. They have to learn how to do it, and, and Ja needs to get in the process of doing that. But I, I think grace should be should be extended to a certain extent. Agreed. You know, Lil Wayne's a wise guy. He's a wise dude. He really is. And his entire interview with them was fantastic. I highly recommend people go check it out because he was talking about how, you know, John just needs to get back to who he is, that these are going to be growing pains. You know, he 
people make dumb decisions when when a lot of money shows up all of a sudden when you didn't grow up with it. It can it can affect your decision making. He was just basically saying, you know, this kid. He talks about how I didn't even know who Ja was until the NCAA tournament, right? In the full interview, and right. it's like, and then all of a sudden he's one of the faces of the NBA. That happened a lot. That happened just Very about quickly. overnight. Let's be honest. It did. I mean, you and I were talking before the show. One game changed his entire yeah, life. Yeah, the, the, the NCAA tournament game where he ended with a – did he have a triple-double in that I'm game? Not, I can't remember if he had a triple-double. I, I believe double, he had a triple-double like in that three dunks game. in there where you were like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, and he, he definitely had double-digit assists in that yeah. game. So, he, yeah, uh, like you said, he's saying, let's give this kid some grace. He needs to be better. He needs to get back to who he is, but he also deserves some grace. Yes, and I, I do think there's a point to be made about a lot of people – and I've dealt with this, talking with just people who, who have asked me, you know, my brother, family members have asked me about what I think about the Jaws situation. And they have their assumptions about how he was raised and, oh, he's not this, he's not that. I, I think those assumptions are a little much. I, I don't think you know exactly how John Morant was raised. None of us really do. When he's glorifying what he may glorify, what he may glorify tomorrow, what what he what he feels like he needs to carry himself as growing up, I don't think we're privy to that information. So I think that all the assumptions that have been made throughout this process, I think stay away from them. I think stay away from them. I, I, you know, conclusion: if if we're going overall here, John needs to stop making idiotic mistakes, flashing guns on Instagram Live. Move different. Be better. It's that simple. But I think this sort of goes back to uh, um, the, the Bill Burr conversation again. When you have a guy that didn't have a high profile, was raised around 3,000 people was in his town, and you, know, you, you sort of didn't have a high profile coming out of high school, when you get that taste of success, that taste of wealth, Things can spiral out of control on you, and you have to learn how to deal with those growing pains along the way. And the best you can do is hope that he, he can learn. He can learn and find peace with who he is. It's, a, it's as simple as that. But it's kind of funny. Like Lil Wayne, people will shoot it down. But if you're a millennial, man. Bars you, only. You, oh, my gosh. You're the best rapper alive. I don't care what anybody says. Is there an argument? Is there really an argument for yes, anybody else? Yes, I'm not sure if I agree with that. Oh, no, I agree he's, with He's it. up there. I agree with it. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call him the best living. No, he's, but, well, you know, he, maybe he, the best he, of an era. I, uh, no, I think he's the best ever. Because, he, he, honestly, Lil Wayne brought in not just the rap part of it, not just the lyricism, but he made hits, right? Like, he consistently, throughout the 2000s, made hits. Whereas, like, I think there's other guys out there, like Eminem's a great rapper, he had his moment, but then after that, I don't know if he necessarily made the amount. Like, his, his, his song list does not go near as deep as Lil Wayne. Oh, Gabe. It does not. Gabe. It does not. It, do, it doesn't come, come close. It doesn't come close. It doesn't come close, Connor. I'm sorry. Best rapper alive, though. Working rapper right now, I'd probably say Kendrick. Oh, okay. All right. On that note, Jeff Calkins <laughs> will join next right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.